Before we get started today, I want to invite you to our next DTC Plus challenge, which is called Build a Pre-Sell Page Challenge. Uh, there is no more pivotal aspect to your entire marketing funnel than is your top of funnel pre-sell page. We run it with all of our clients. We run this strategy uh, and we're going to show you in three days exactly how we build these pages, exactly how we write these pages, and then exactly how we launch and track these pages on day three. It's a three-day workshop. You can join D2C Plus right now for $1, uh, and I really look forward to it. There's never been a better time to be a direct-to-consumer business. Join us as we uncover the strategies and scaling secrets of the world's most disruptive brands and agencies. This is DTC Podcast. Hello and welcome to All Killer No Filler. It's almost Friday. I'm Eric Dick and I'm here with the Pilot House team to talk about something very near and dear to our hearts and that is the art and science of pre-sell pages. Uh, you're going to find out why we say that we run pre-sell pages every damn time uh, for, for most of our ads. Uh, and today we have uh, some media buyers. Uh, we have Tim Peacock and Raven Dixon. It's Tim's first time on the podcast. Glad to have him on here. Uh, and of course, we have creative director Cam Wind, uh, who is here to talk about pre-sale pages as well. How are you doing? Raven, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing pretty great. It's, it's almost Friday, like you said. That's right. <laughs> and Tim, how do you feel about being on All Killer No Filler for the first time? I'm stoked to be here. Thank you for having me on. Nice. I think it looks like Tim did his hair like just for this. He's looking fresh. Yeah, yeah. You didn't want to see what I looked like before this. <laughs> That's it's that sick. working from home hairstyle you got. Yeah, I hear you. you got to do it. I love it. It's a sick flow. Uh, so speaking <laughs> of sick customer flows, uh, let's talk about pre-sale pages. And I want to just ask, like, give me, give me your top cam. I was just listening to you do a talk with the team the other day about pre-sale pages and the sort of mentality about pilot house uh, and why we all, you know, when the instances we run pre-sales and why, uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I can try and summarize kind of like what I was trying to communicate outwardly to the team that like during our call, but, um, you know, it, there, it's internally like where we have a high degree in confidence in our ability to push out creatives at a high velocity and good quality creatives. And and, and pages is just an extension of that. People, mm -hmm. at least in my experience, um, are somewhat intimidated by post-click user experiences and creating pre-sell pages, you know, the flow that they put people through after they click through an ad. But, you know, what I was trying to communicate to the team was, you know, the ad experience really is just the tip of the iceberg. Like think about any purchase you've ever made. For the most part, there's a process in involved and that's obviously not a new theory, but you know, when you click on that ad, all it is is like stepping into someone's you know, virtual storefront. You know, you're, you're stepping into, you know, for us, it's most often a Shopify environment. Um, so what we try and do is is layer that that process and address the needs. I'm sorry, uh, address those needs through through experiences we create with landing pages, just like we do with ads, and we optimize accordingly. So, you know, like people people want to get educated, people want to be aware, and and we service their needs through pages. It's the most effective way to do it. If pre-sale pages work so much better than uh, your know, regular e-commerce stores, why isn't everything just pre-sale pages? Why, why, like, like what, like what is the inside? Obviously, 
pre-sale pages, I guess, don't cover some of the things that you want to cover with your store. Does anyone, anyone have an answer why you just don't do all pre-sale pages? Why you don't just do pre-sale pages? Um, why don't you make your homepage like a pre-sale page? Well, I mean, from, from the, like, from our perspective, our ability to test and iterate pre-sales at a really high velocity is a huge tool that we have in our back pocket and, and taking that experience off of Shopify enables us to do it a lot quicker than we would, you know, it employing a Shopify dev to implement changes in a Shopify environment through, you know, liquid themes and all that kind of nonsense. So we do it really quickly through other builders and page building software. So it enables us to do it really quickly. So that like is part of the answer. But I think like those two things need to go hand in hand. Like at, at the end of the day, you need to put people through an experience that we use pre-sales for. But like when it comes to actually purchasing the product, you also need to think about, you know, the very last stages of your funnel and what that like, what the product page looks like. What does the checkout look like? What is, you know, what is it going to look like for them after they purchase the product? Those are equally as important as, you know, what you're putting them through with your pre-sale and everything post-click. Love it. It also gives you that opportunity to go right into more direct marketing tactics when it comes to the copy and things like that. Yeah. And it goes back to like what we always talk about, right? Like angles, hooks, like that's our bread and butter. And and you can launch the exact same page and, and tweak it as needed based on the angle that you're pushing within your Facebook funnel. So it's just an extension of our, you know, our content strategy on Facebook side. I love it. Uh, Raven, you mentioned something interesting about the kinds of pre-sales, about sort of the testing methodology when we go into thinking about pre-sale pages. We don't just create one, you're saying we create three, and you sort of broke it down into three specific types of pre-sale pages. Can you talk about that a bit? Definitely. So whenever I'm thinking about pre-sales, I always have kind of three go-to styles that I start with. Long form, short form, heavy sales pitch. And kind of those three, if you kind of push those out with your different um, angles, copy, testimonial, things that you're running with, once you kind of get your winner of those three styles, all that you found out then is which style is going to do the best. But you still need to optimize your header, your call to action, the test text that you're using, the testimonials that you're using. All of those pieces can then be optimized from that winner. So once you find the winner of those three styles that works the best, your work is really just beginning. Interesting. Do you have? Does one of those work better more often than others? Well, it totally depends on what kind of promotion that you're running. So for example, Valentine's Day, um, you know, that heavy sales push, you're on a time crunch is the type of page that works really well. So there's kind of two different styles of pre-sales that I personally look at. Your evergreen pre-sales, which you run year round, and then you have your more time sensitive pre-sales that are around discounts. So the discount ones, I like to do heavy sales push. You need to purchase now, you need to purchase today. You know, it's Christmas, it's Black Friday, it's Valentine's Day, things like that. And then you have your evergreen pages. Maybe there's a feature that you did that does really well. Maybe you're a, a dog specific product. Maybe you're, there's an angle that you're going for that you're going to kind of run year round. So it's kind of two different styles there. Interesting. Um, okay, cool. So like, what are the instances, you know, when do we use pre-sale pages and when do we not is, is my question. Mm -hmm. Who's got that one? I think prospecting always use pre-sales. You can't possibly have your website have every single piece of vital information to that user that's coming through because you don't necessarily know the user that's coming through. Whereas pre-sale, you can have the page completely match the audience that you've targeted. So for example, if it's, if it's dog lovers and there's a part of your product that's about dogs, your pre-sale is then all about dogs. But in retargeting, you really want to ensure that you're kind of driving traffic directly to that to that um, product page, you don't want to kind of take them through your pre-sale again, because it's an extra click for the user. 
Mm-hmm. Totally. Tim, can add talk- on to that? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say like, uh, like same to what Raven said, like in prospecting landing pages can do extremely well because you can hit those pain points that you maybe don't necessarily have highlighted on your like, main Shopify page. Um, and in contrast, actually, I've seen really good success to having a very short form flyer page um, in retargeting funnels, just because like, it obviously depends on the account and like where you, like at what point you're sending retargeting traffic to a retargeting funnel, like they might've just been a view content, but they still need more information. And so by like kind of splitting that up a bit more, we've, we've seen pretty good success with having a potentially like really quick sales page before the product page. Well, that's sorry. Back that up a little bit. By flyer, you mean just a very like what what's on a what goes on a flyer versus on a on a pre-sale page? Yeah, totally. Basically, just like a big hero image that like highlights the product, quick header. Um, whether that's like buy this now for Valentine's Day, small subhead, and then like a shop now, and then maybe below just a small benefit section. Um, but basically, you want to be able to get through it in like three scrolls. Interesting. Yeah. I what, One of the tips that we unearthed uh, in one of our All Killer No Fillers before was just about how valuable it is to place um, links to different parts of your website in your in your creative. And I'm wondering if that's something we ever do with pre-sale pages. Like, do we, do we ever create sort of environments, like clickable environments where you can actually maybe just navigate to different parts of the page, but where we use that strategy on pre-sale pages? Definitely. I always do. I'm a really big fan of the sticky banner at the top. The idea is if I'm doing a long form page and somebody through the ad came through the ad and I gave them enough information in the ad to purchase, I don't want to make them scroll all the way down to the bottom of the long form page to purchase. So what I like to do is kind of look at my pre-sales in sections and ensure that there's that button shop now is in every section. And also at that top in that sticky banner, I like to have it there as well, along with other information like free shipping or the promo code kind of right front and center there to kind of encourage purchase. Very cool. So what tool do we use for pre-sale pages? What's our main like pre-sale page builder? We use Instapage primarily. Nice. And for what, why did we settle on Instapage besides just building a, 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 a shit ton of stuff there uh, and, and kind of getting, getting, you know, we're, we're there now because that's where all of our stuff is. But what's the main, what's the main, main benefits of Instapage? Yeah, we use, I mean, we, we've used a couple other, you know, we've, we use WordPress. I've used uh, like landing as another one that we use for some clients. Uh, we obviously do some building in Shopify, but Instapage is like our heaviest user when it comes to building pages and holy shit, we make a lot of pages. <laughs> how many pages but, do we make? How many pages do we make? Um, yeah. I don't know if I have like a good hard number for you, but you know, but I would per say client, a, per week we're making more than one. I mean, oh, snow, yeah. like, like you should pull some numbers from, you know, snow or big blanket. Like there's months or maybe like 60 day periods where the guys are testing like up to 50 pages per client, like mm-hmm. over a pretty short period of time. And we're not talking like completely new pages, you know, iterations off of one another or that we're doing variance testing, but yeah, it's pretty high frequency at which we're creating new pages. We've got an entire team dedicated to just cranking out pages. And Tim, what's the biggest, uh, I don't know if Delta is the right word, what's the biggest sort of change you've been able to affect with uh, like heavy CRO focus? I remember we, we published a thing early on with Snow where we actually, you know, were able to raise the EPC like substantially through this like iterative testing process. Can you give us an example of what you've been able to do? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So ever since I jumped on Snow, basically like I was just focusing solely on pages. And so 
like I think that video, the pages had like 62 iterations and it ended at maybe like $3 EPC. So since then we've probably done at least another hundred iterations maybe. Like within our snow folder, we have over 250 pages that have been tested. And then now our average EPC is about eight to $10. So unreal. pretty cool to see. That's amazing. I think that started yeah. at 15 cents or something. It started, it started at under a buck. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. That's what's so, okay. So I have a, so here's when you do that, are you, are you basically creating pages that line up to the specific targets that you're going for in social media traffic? Or are you trying to create pages that, that sort of work without that targeting, just so that the, your angle itself draws people in more so than the targeting? Or are you actually making custom things based on specific audience target, specific pages based on specific audience targets, targeting that you're doing? I think a big thing for us is like promotions, like that we're kind of promotion to promotion. So we're always like iterating a ton on pages for whatever is like the next sale. Um, so not as specific to like audience targeting necessarily, but basically like when we're iterating, we'll make six hero image iterations and then a bunch of different like header copy and then just test, let the data kind of rule what the next steps are and then iterate from that. The other thing too is like on top of all that we're doing for branded pages, like we also run third-party pages for a number of our brands, right? Mm -hmm. Which is like another prong or avenue that we take for page testing. So that's definitely more angle focused where, you know, you're basically creating a story or an angle around a use case for a product um, and pushing people through a third-party brand to build credibility mm -hmm. for your product. That's and like that's a whole different avenue and like conversation that you can have. <laughs> but we're doing both of those mm -hmm. things, kind of. We're juggling all those balls at once. I love it. So let's go back a little bit. So we've got you know uh, you were you were talking about building 50, 50 pages in a couple months. That's crazy. It's amazing that, that we're working at that scale and that it's paying dividends. It's not just hamster wheel that we're we're, we're spinning here. Um, so, but say an audience member has been running ecom uh, for a while. They've been running to their product pages. Um, they want to start making their their sort of their first presale page. What's the process that we go through to start spinning those out? Well, I can. I can speak a little bit to like our process internally, like how we structure our teams and I can talk about the pages itself, but like a really brief synopsis of what we do internally is, you know, we, the media buyer and we call them content managers work together to kind of identify when a page needs to be created. And then we kind of understand what the framework of that page needs to be. You know, this should generally be on the page. This would be on the page. Testimonial should be on the page. This is the offer structure. And then we go to our team, they build the page which we then tweak, go through QA, pass back to our media buyers and they build campaigns around them. Um, but when it comes to like thinking about what is what's needed on the actual page, I mean, of course we've got years and years of like, you know, best performing pages to lean into fortunately. But if you were like to build your first ever page, um, you know, like, I treat it a lot of the way I, th I think about it the same way I do ad creative. Like what's, what's your hook? Like what is the hero section? You know, like statistically speaking, you're going to have about like 90% view rate about with the hero and the section or two below the fold. So you really need to nail that section of all of your page demonstrate and, and clearly articulate the value and the value prop of your, of your offer and your product. Um, and then, explain like if you're trying to warm up your audience like you obviously want to explain the complexities of your product why people should be using it and then present the offer and like social proof is a huge component that we incorporate into all of our pages whether it's through third-party plugins where you can dynamically pull in real customer testimonials into our sites or taking it off of people shopify mm -hmm. sites but that's like a that's 
I mean, the flow obviously changes depending on what kind of pre-sale you're building, but that's kind of the general approach that you take to pages. And then it's just a matter of putting it together and just like start running traffic to it. And sometimes you're completely off and it's just, all right, we're just going to like pull this puzzle piece out, swap it up there, push more traffic to it. And you just keep testing. Very interesting. So, so sorry, the two most important pieces are the hero and the P and the section directly under that. And do you say the section directly under that is often testimonials or is that further down the page? Well, let me think like a good example, you know, like we were working with a dog brand. Um, um, so for them, like the product often sells itself. And we learned mm -hmm. that people don't actually want, like my assumption was that people would want to see cute dogs with these really cute products. And in reality, the most effective thing in this hero image was just this huge isolated image of their product. That was it. Like that's really what people wanted to see. And that was the most effective piece of creative or asset within the hero image paired with some really simple copy, you know, try this thing with a headline with a little sub uh, sub headline and a CTA that would push people further down the page. You know, so really effective hero image. And then we had a banner, you know, as seen in to build some credibility Social right credibility. away. And, yep. You know, as seen in with a couple of publications that their product had been featured in. And then what we did was for them build value around um, the, the ingredients of this product, why you should buy it, why it's good for your dog, you know, why it's good for the environment, like build arguments that aren't as clearly articulated within the Shopify site. If you were to go directly to a product page and really build strong visuals and copy around all of those selling points. Um, and then, you know, you can do that depending on the length and then you present them with the offer. Um, and, you know, we've experimented with tucking that social proof, like whether it's product reviews above and below mm -hmm. the actual offer, but that's, you know, that's kind of the flow of the content. Very cool. For in this case, it was obviously it changes for, you know, long form advertorials and mm -hmm. stuff, but that was, you know, a bit of like a PDP or offer page. I was looking at, uh, I was doing, just doing some research ahead of this and I came across a page from 2019 or a, uh, an article from 2019 that was diving deep on, on Cindy Joseph's boom, which is Ezra Firestone's, um, mm -hmm. cosmetics or, or hair care brand. And, uh, and just how this page is like the main page that they've kind of run this whole time. They got it tweaked down to, mm -hmm. to, you know, to this, this absolute, um, science and they apparently are still running it or they were in 2019 anyway. Um, I'm wondering like how much do we, I guess we learn every time we make a page, but how many templates do we like, do we, do we lean on templates or is everything a fresh build? No, like for our builders, it creates a lot of efficiency if we can lean into templates. So like, you know, within Instapage there's templates and then we've got probably a couple hundred experiences or page experience, if not thousands of page experiences within Instapage. So, you know, we kind of have like a leaderboard for, for pages that work, or we, we share knowledge across the team. And then we kind of look at them as like modular pieces of creative where like, you know, this page worked. I really like the layout of the hero in this section. And then we go to our page builders and say, just like piece together a page of all the most effective other pages that we're looking at. So we'd really do lean into templates, but when we're working with, say we have a more brand sensitive client who kind of has their own perception or they come to us and say, we really want a page that, you know, really feels like the Shopify store that they're, you know, that they're working with. Then there is a lot more custom features that go into the actual page build. And it's a little bit more like design intensive versus just like completely leaning into templates. I love it. What one principle of, of, of a, 
squeeze page or a pre-sale page that we haven't talked about, maybe we're taking for granted is you really shouldn't be able to navigate off of it. There should be almost no reason mm-hmm. to leave it except to make that sale. Is that correct? Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of in both camps. Like, like if you were to, if you're asking a copywriter, like they would get so mad at you if you try and push people further down the page and skip over their copy. Like they're really trying to weave together a story with like our, you know, our longer form pre-sales, but I'm also a huge advocate for the user. Like I really want to create a good user experience. And of course you don't want people leaving the page, but you know, if like we're all buyers here, we all buy stuff online. And yep. if we get hit with a pre-sale page and your, your experience is a negative one, like why the hell can I leave this page? Like I'm really seeking information here. Why the hell can I get mm-hmm. it? Like that's, that's a bad brand experience. Like, mm-hmm. so at the end of the day, yes, we want people to flow through the content on the page, but you need to think about how the user's going to experience that page. Mm-hmm. You don't want to create a negative experience. I love it. I wonder how many people go to a pre-sale page and then just say, okay, this is a pre like are, are savvy to it now and be like, I want to know more. And they'll just jump to the regular domain direct. I imagine that's fairly common. We talk about it all the time. Like, and that's why there's obviously value in building with like, you know, Shogun and all these third-party apps right through Shopify. So it feels like a more native experience. Definitely something that we talk about all the time. Um, and there's, there's, there's no doubt there's value in building and Shopify and that's why people do it. But there's also a huge argument to be made that all of like the pages that we build in third-party builders, um, we build it to be exactly that, feel as native as possible from that journey from ad click all the way through to purchase feels like it's seamless. Mm-hmm. I love it. Any other sections of, of pay- we've talked about testimonials, we've talked about, you know, building mm-hmm. social proof, any others like sections of, of pre-sale pages that are a must? Your sales section, you really, really need to ensure that your sales section is absolutely dialed in. The sales section really allows you to also uh, target, or sorry, also split test different bundles and kind of different product offerings. So for example, you know, a lot of times we'll split, split test three different bundles. You know, you really want to think about your price points on those and your offerings. You don't want to offer everything away on your first bundle, right? Because that's usually your cheapest. Your first kind of bundle, maybe you don't offer free shipping, still a good value. Second bundle, you might want to add in free free shipping. Third bundle, highest price, um, free shipping, maybe a free gift with purchase. You can take the page and split test all three of those separately, or you can put all of your bundles onto one page in the sales section. And then you can also split test different bundles on different pages. So you kind of at the end, you really know, A, your product offering that's going to be the best, and also which pre-sale style is going to work best for you. I love it. And you've really hit on the the double whammy aspect of why pre-sale pages are so valuable. One, they're going to improve your conversion rate generally if you're doing them well. And the other most important, equally important thing is you're going to improve your average order value using them by using these bundling techniques that you're mentioning now. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have a client right now and the website doesn't convert nearly as high as our pre-sale pages do. Our pre-sales convert 3% higher than their website right now. So we, I exclusively run prospecting traffic through pre-sales right now, simply because we just see such a higher conversion rate on them. I love it. But you're saying you do that for top of funnel, but for middle and bottom or just bottom that you always direct directly to the, to the product page or the site. I think Tim really hit it, the kind of nail on the head there when he said it totally depends on the client. Um, you know, in a lot of the cases, I will go right to product page. That being said, it kind of depends. Middle of funnel, Tim, you, I think you said it really well there. Middle of funnel, you might want to do that that flyer page. There's a reason they didn't purchase the first time. So there might be information that you need to give them that they haven't got yet. 
we touched on it a little bit, but I wanted to to go into the copywriting aspect. I think the direct response copywriting is obviously the 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 underlying factor that really makes pre-sales pages effective. What's our process for that? Do we build do we build the story first and then build the pre-sale page around it, or do we build the pre-sale template and then you know work with copywriters to fill in the copy? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so. I mean, we've got a team of copywriters at Pilot House, um, and usually the process is, you know, we've got a team like the media buyers work with content managers to kind of come up with their angles. And from that, we, we, we fill out like an entire brief for our copywriters. And within that brief, you know, there's questions like, what's your, what's your objective? What type of copy is this going to be? What is basically like the framework uh, or high level summary of what the page is going to look like, give them visual examples, like give them all of the tools they need to actually write the copy, then they go create that copy and then we build a page from that. Um, so it's, it's 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 copy first, page second. One of the things I wanted to get in here, you know, one of the things on every marketer's mind these days is the upcoming uh, impact of, uh, of iOS 14, those big changes. I just saw Critio announced today that they're shifting their retargeting business to focus on other aspects because of the things that are going to happen here. How do pre-sales play into our perceptions of how the, 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 the market is evolving with this iOS 14 change? I think what I, sorry, go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead, uh, no, oh. you can go ahead. I'll follow, I'll follow up. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that we're all kind of thinking right now is how do we really hyper-focus in on that zero to seven day attribution? How can we kind of really increase our, our one day click attribution and a, or just our one day click purchases? And a great way to do that is pre-sales if you stay on the page can only be found here. Because the thing is, and I've done this before as a user, I've clicked on a page, not purchased, and then gone to the website and been like, oh, I missed the deal because the deal's here and the deal's not there. So that's a great way to kind of add urgency. Also saying things like limited time, you can definitely say that on your pre-sale pages to really encourage that first time click purchase. Yeah, I, I was gonna say for the most part, the exact same thing, like, mm -hmm. you know, never has been more important to incentivize the buyer to purchase, you know, quickly. <laughs> and the, the con and like the strategy with ads now is the exact same. like. Never has it been more important to just get the click. Like we need to create content now that gets the click because our attribution windows are shrinking. So um, pre-sales are just a great lever to pull to tell the story of the product and educate people on why they should be buying that product. Um, it's just to increase the overall urgency of the actual purchase. Just a great tool for people to lean into. I think to follow up on that too, like, yeah, as Raven said, like the last chance wording or like final sale kind of stuff. I don't know, just like, really pushing people to to see like or another thing we've done a lot is countdown timers <laughs> they they might look cheesy but they work it's kind of crazy like it just it gives people like a time frame like oh i need to buy this like on this page now um or else i might miss the deal so and just constantly updating that on your pages too like uh, as you get closer and closer to the sale and then even going for like sale extended after the fact Nice. I love it. Now to wrap up, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about the breed build a presale page challenge, mm -hmm. which we're running, uh, on D uh, with DTC plus on February 24th to 26th. Uh, in just a few weeks, we're going to be sort of like giving everyone the framework for exactly how pilot house builds, uh, the these presale pages. 
um, exactly the templates that we use that, that seem to work best for us. Um, day one is going to be all about just like what we're talking about today, which is the exact formulas, the templates on, on how to build these things. Uh, day two, we're going to dive into some serious copywriting with some of our expert copywriters, which I'm really excited about. And then day three, we're going to learn all about how to launch these pages into the wild, how to track them properly. Let's Tim, can you talk a little bit before we go? Like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to record an ad after this and we'll play it at the beginning. Cause we're really excited about the pre-sale page challenge. We think it can be real game changing for almost anyone who spends money online, who isn't using uh, a pre-sale page, but can you just tease us a little bit with, with how we track these multiple changes that we're making and how we can be sure, like what, what is it that allows us to go from a dollar EPCs to $8 EPCs? Like what's our secret weapon? Yeah, totally. Well, that'd be Rubik's. <laughs> our internal tool has been, yeah, a game changer when it comes to testing pages. Cause uh, like every, pretty much every day I live on Rubik's and I'm always tracking like, like our EPC. So earning per click and then our conversion rate per that page, how much traffic it's receiving. And then like how much traffic can it handle while maintaining the, as high EPC as possible. And then optimizing our funnels so that we are basically just like getting full value out of every single click based off of what page we're sending people to. And Rubik's allows us to do it in a way where we don't disrupt the re the regular ad flow, where we don't have to relaunch mm -hmm. the ad. We don't have to change any links. We can do that all in the back end. Exactly. Yeah. So live changes like, and yeah, it's, it just all works in tandem too, because we can make live changes on pages that then immediately are in effect on Rubik's. And then we can mix in pages, take out stuff, whatever we find is working best. And then just kind of keep the momentum rolling without having to restart ads. I love it. And none of this will be affected by iOS 14 as far as we can tell, right? Like this CRO side of things, this is all proprietary and not going anywhere. No, more levers nice. to pull. More mm -hmm. levers to pull. Nice. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on uh, All Killer No Filler today. I'm super excited for this workshop. You mm -hmm. can join D2C Plus at d2cplus.co for only $1. See if you like it. You can try our other courses. We've got our uh, Influencer Flywheel Challenge, our uh, Automated Rules by Facebook. We've got our, our most recent one, which was our Snapchat Challenge. And now we're adding Build a Pre-Sale Page Challenge. Month over month, we're just going to keep delivering the highest value education that you can find in the D2C space based on tried and tested methods from the heavy hitters with us here at pilot house i'm very excited for this one guys uh thank you again for coming on today thanks, thanks much, eric peace thanks eric